Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. This is Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Good morning, I'm John Hoffman. Reflecting on the past year and setting up goals for the future, South Bend Mayor James Mueller addressed the public Tuesday at the St. Joseph County Public Library in his second State of the City address. The mayor spent a large portion of his speech on gun violence and investing in infrastructure. In this 15-page speech, Mayor Mueller addresses the opportunities and challenges facing South Bend the millions they plan to spend on roads, and how he wants to make it a safer place to live. And I'll rise up. The city of South Bend crawling out of 712 days in a state of emergency from COVID-19. The 33rd mayor of South Bend was cautiously optimistic about the state of the city. As he looked forward, Mayor James Mueller said one of his top priorities was addressing the challenges of gun violence. We are committed to delivering a safe community for everyone. Everyone deserves to feel safe, and be safe in their home, in their neighborhood, and across the city. Yet, senseless gun violence tears this away from us. Last year, South Bend had 121 shooting victims, according to the mayor. He is worried this summer things could get worse, blaming state officials for repealing the law requiring a concealed firearm permit. Our officers will face more danger and will no longer have this crucial tool available to get illegal guns and violent offenders off our streets. South Bend police took more than 600 illegal firearms off the street last year. The mayor called for universal background checks as a common sense approach to reducing the number of firearms ending up in the wrong hands. A permalist system may work in rural parts of our state, but for cities like South Bend, our state leaders have moved us in the wrong direction. Mayor Mueller also discussed investments in critical infrastructure, including streetlights, water, and roads. We are in the middle of a three-year plan to invest $25 million rebuilding our streets. By the end of next year, failed streets will be repaired, and the bar will be raised equitably across the city, within every neighborhood. He stated the city paved about 50 miles last year and repaired another 80. This year, they're planning to work on 130 more. May God continue to bless the city of South Bend. Thank you, and good night. Those enthusiastic to point to census data, which shows the biggest population growth in 60 years. WSBT 22's Ronnie Doss reporting. Some school districts in our area are scrambling to adjust academic calendars as a new law puts limits on the number of e-learning days. The Indiana Department of Education is expected to release new guidance to schools about how they can navigate this new law. House Enrolled Act Number 1093 was passed and signed by Governor Eric Holcomb in March. The bill covers a range of academic topics. It says in part schools can't use more than three e-learning days and at least 50 percent of those days have to be teacher-directed synchronous instruction. Well, school districts have been trying to figure out how to make this work. Like most working moms, Marcy Harmon can balance. But because she works full-time in a pool, helping her kids with e-learning is something she can't float. I can't just stop my day. It's one of the reasons she's okay with the new limits on the number of e-learning days schools can use. I just can't imagine calling, getting called for a snow day and having to do 
virtual learning. House Bill 1093, which was passed and signed by the governor last month, says schools can't use more than three virtual student instruction days in a school year. And 50% of those days have to be teacher-directed synchronous instruction. I think it's a bigger question than most people probably think about. They think, should we have virtual learning? Is that quality learning? Or should we not? And, and I think there's a lot of other things that people have to consider. Sarah Hickel is the assistant superintendent for School City Mishawaka. Hickel, like other administrators across our area, has some questions about how this law will impact schools and families. I anticipate we're going to have to make an amendment to the calendar that we had already adopted. Traditionally, Mishawaka builds two or three pre-planned e-learning days into the school calendar. For example, on election days, when the public is voting inside area schools, students are learning from home. With this new law, this could mean that when the weather is bad, schools will have to close instead of opting for an e-learning day. If not, if it really is the three days regardless, then schools like us will have to make a choice. Um, do you take out those planned e-learning days um, and you know save them only for inclement weather? Or do you keep the planned e-learning days because you know where they're going to fall and you can plan accordingly and you can really maximize the learning for students? And then when you get inclement weather, it has to be a closure. South Bend also builds pre-planned e-learning days into its school year. Districts like South Bend and Mishawaka will likely have to add days onto the end of the school year if schools have to close for inclement weather. Yes, we know that face-to-face um, -face instruction is the best. But we also know going into mid-June is also quite challenging as well. And so we want to make sure that we're using a well Thought, of, um, thought out calendar and also using both e-learning days and makeup snow days in the best way possible. School administrators argue that while virtual learning isn't nearly as effective as being in the classroom, it is still better than no school at all, especially at crucial points in the school year. There's a lot of factors that come into it. If you do makeup days, they tend to go on the end of the year, which is significantly after state testing. So having an e-learning day prior to state testing has a greater value than having a day at the end of the year that, you know, the same learning wouldn't necessarily happen. School leaders hope new guidance from the Department of Education will give more insight into how to build their school calendars for the future. I would like to see a little bit of leniency. Now, the law does say that schools can ask for a waiver due to extraordinary circumstances. The Department of Education says they hope to have additional guidance to share with schools within the coming days. WSBT 22's Kristen Bean reporting. The next couple of weekends are shaping up to be big visitor weekends in South Bend. It's shaping up to be one of the busiest weekends in South Bend and Mishawaka in recent memory. Garth Brooks, Notre Dame move-out weekend, and Mother's Day all falling together. Finding a hotel room for that weekend is proving to be a tough task. It's almost like a mini football weekend. Indeed, next weekend is going to be that busy. For those flooding to the area next weekend, getting a place to stay is going to be difficult no matter what you're in town for. We kind of wish it would have been a little more spread out, but uh, with this happening, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be a little chaotic, uh, you know, but we, we're ready for it, uh, and we're, uh, we're anticipating a, a great, great turnout. Duncan manages both the Country Inn and Baymont in Mishawaka, and he says both hotels don't have a single available bed out of the nearly 150 rooms. He says he and his staff are ready to go and have all the manpower necessary. A lot better, definitely a lot better than it was even just a couple months ago. Uh, I've got uh, Country Inn fully staffed, and I think I'm one short here at Baymont. Uh, so yeah, we're looking a lot better than we were. For those looking to stay in a hotel, next weekend is not looking great. But for those who are hoping to see a big revenue boost, 
next weekend could be exactly what they're hoping for. And having Garth Brooks and Mother's Day and the variety of other events that have all been postponed from you know the pandemic years, um, it's just going to be uh, a truly epic weekend. We have 5,000 hotel rooms. And anytime you've got a citywide sellout, uh, you're talking about a major impact of, of, of several million dollars for the weekend for sure. While hotel rooms are few and far between, DeClean says other sites such as Airbnb or Verbo may offer alternative solutions. As if next weekend wasn't busy enough. The following weekend, well, that's Notre Dame commencement weekend as well as move out weekend for graduating seniors. WSBT 22's Leo Goldman reporting. As baby formula becomes harder to find, supply chain shortages and a recall have limited the supply. One mom recently reported a can of baby formula taken out of her shopping cart in the store. It was not only a shock to find their baby's formula in stores, but to find it gone when they looked away. Now she is warning all moms to not only watch after your things in stores and your children, but especially if it's your baby's formula. A time when baby formula is so hard to come by. To some, finding it has become rare. We have not seen that particular brand of formula at Target since before my son was born in October. Um, so it was exciting for him. There was one can left and he grabbed it and put it in the cart and kept on shopping. While Ali's husband, Daniel, was at Target shopping with their three boys. He had looked to grab something off the shelf just for a second. When he turned around, he was shocked. Somebody had came and taken the formula off of his car seat and then ran and ducked down a bunch of aisles to try to get away from it. Ali says, thankfully, they aren't in desperate need. In February, some Abbott baby formulas were recalled. Supply chain shortages since then have only made matters worse. Formulas have been in limited supply, especially those on WIC programs. There's never any on the shelves. So then once the Similac went into effect, couldn't find any of that. Once you finally started finding it is when the recall happened. Couldn't find anything hardly. So then they made it so that all brands are available through WIC and still can't hardly find it. A spokesperson for WIC said, quote, the Indiana WIC program is aware of the national formula shortage that is impacting families here in Indiana. Families having issues finding formula should contact their local WIC office for assistance. As for Ali, she says while in stores, make sure to keep a close eye on your formula. Just hoped that they um, needed it more than we do and not that they were just being rude. <laughs> Since the formula was never purchased, neither Ali nor her husband filed a police report because it's not considered theft. Ali also says Facebook groups have helped with informing plenty of moms of where to find any available formula. WSBT 22's Ashley Dagger reporting. Some strong words and a lot of emotion inside a Berrien County courtroom last week. Family members of a woman murdered more than 30 years ago had a chance to speak to the man police say killed her. A judge sentenced 67-year-old Patrick Gillum to a minimum of 23 years in prison for the murder of Roxanne Wood. A seemingly random murder that had no connection to Roxanne added an extra layer of complexity. But modern-day technology helped solve this 35-year cold case. For decades, it seemed investigators might never find the person who killed Roxanne Wood. New technology with forensic genealogy is just unbelievable that, that we're here where we are now. DNA from a cigarette match DNA left at the scene confirming Gillum was their killer. A few weeks ago, Gillum pleaded no contest to Wood's murder. Today, he cried asking for forgiveness. I'd like to tell her that I'm very sorry. I can't believe I did what I did. And I pray for them every night, and I am so sorry. Despite Gillum's emotional plea, Woods' family provided no sympathy for him. And we are here today to see him finally pay something for what he's done 
which is likely the rest of his life in a cage, like the vile animal that he is. Roxanne Wood's brother called Gillum, quote, a monster unfit for society, end quote. What made them even more upset is knowing Gillum was out on parole just six months before killing Roxanne. That parole, after serving seven years for a previous sexual assault, the husband of that victim was also at today's sentencing. And I uh, told her that um, I'm on my way home. I forgot my car house keys. Can you leave the back door open for me? And that's the door he went in. Farragut police believe Roxanne Wood is dead for a specific reason. And that lesson was, don't leave a witness. And that's what happened, unfortunately, to the lady who was murdered. I can assure you, my voice will be heard if there is ever an option for him to be released early for doing this to her. He is a monster that should never be allowed to walk the streets where my wife, my daughters, and my granddaughters walk free. Christensen says this was a case that has been eating at him for decades and he wasn't going to retire until they solved it. He also says other agencies are still looking at Gillum as a possible suspect in other similar cases. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. It can be frustrating to be stuck waiting on a train for even a few minutes. Just imagine, though, waiting more than a day for it to move. Elkhart County officials are raising concerns about blocked railroad crossings. There isn't a constant flow of trains coming here through New Paris, but it's a small town, meaning there's only a handful of places for you to cross. The problem is when multiple of these crossings are blocked at the same time. If they're only staying for 20, 30 minutes, it's not a big deal. But when they start staying for hours, and sometimes 24 hours, then that's, that becomes uh, a real problem. The train only temporarily blocked one crossing, but Elkhart County Commissioner Brad Rogers says that's not always the case. In recent months, he says it seems train traffic and blockages have increased. I'm pro-train, and I, I'm, you know, I think it's good that our economy's good, that, that our trains are running, uh, but trains are longer now. Uh, they're, they're, and for whatever reason, they're having to stop them, maybe because the yard is full. I don't know the, the various reasons. While it may be an inconvenience for some, his biggest concern is safety. The fire station is mere steps from the County Road 146 rail crossing. While there hasn't been an incident yet, it's a volunteer department. They have to travel from either their house or their work to the fire station. And if the, if the crossings are blocked, that's, that creates the first problem. Then once they get the, the trucks or the ambulance out, that's the second problem, is now we've got to um, negotiate where, where we're going to get across those tracks. Rogers knows trains had to stop somewhere, and sometimes it can be out of their control. However, he thinks those stops can be better planned. Either to break up these trains so that these crossings aren't blocked, or, or manage it such so they're stopping in areas that they're not blocking all the crossings. In a statement today from the Federal Railroad Administration, they say while there's no law regulating how long a train can block a crossing, railroads have, quote, agreed to operational changes to minimize blocked crossings. Norfolk Southern, for example, has issued verbal instructions telling crews not to block specific crossings, end quote. Roger says he doesn't want to drag the rail line through the mud, but he believes putting some pressure on them could help find a solution. WSBT 22's DJ Manu reporting. Views and opinions expressed are those of the individual speaking and do not necessarily reflect the views of WSBT Radio, its staff, or management. Join us next week for Community Update on Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT.
Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 